Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Cleve and Me, as we are with the three amigos, that being Cleve, Tampa Tones, and Mr. Joe, and we are going to bring it with you Summer Sam recap. Uh, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw, the Triple H takeover. Uh, you know, first, a lot of moving pieces, including myself, first new pot, first pod in the new crib, which is always fun and exciting, getting things set up and get going. Um, but as we bring you regularly uh, scheduled episodes, you, you know, for the listeners out there, recorded on Tuesday, drop on Wednesday by the afternoon. The latest uh, is the schedule we're going to try to take you within through uh, from here on out. We've been doing Wednesdays. We're kind of going to Tuesdays for a little while now, and uh, we're going to see how that goes with the episode dropping on Wednesday. Uh, nothing much changes in terms of wrestling because there's really not – uh, much on Tuesdays that we really follow as much as everything else. Uh, we're still right after Raw, right before AEW. So in terms of your content, it won't change too much. But without further ado, let's get to it, boys. Let's just get right into SummerSlam. Uh, what we could do... You know what? We'll just... We'll go around the room. We're going to go... We're going to go rapid fire with each uh, topic that took place and we'll give it a grade and we'll say a quick statement on why we believe so. Let's start at the top where they started. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. I'll set the scene for those who did not watch. Uh, obviously, they were fighting for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, long story short, Bianca Belair wins. And what I thought was a good match. And then afterward, to even add on to the great match, uh, Becky not turned. We saw her start of her face turn. Uh, she did get a little injury, so she could be out a while. We, not a little while. We'll talk about that. But I like that they turned her face. And then on top of that, we got Bailey back, which was my comeback of the week from the prediction show last week. And But what I did not know is she'd be coming back with the faction. Uh, that including EO Sky is me and Tones were messing up uh, because she's changed names now a little bit now and stuff. We were having fun with that, messing it up yesterday. Do love her intro song, though. Uh, and then uh, Dakota Kai came out, and they got in the faces of Bianca and Becky, and it went on, and it continued into Monday Night Raw. We saw Bailey's faction go up against that. But stick into that match. Uh, I'll go for all the content and everything involved in that match and after. I'll give uh, an A. It's the end of a trilogy. We close that out. Uh, it all came full circle. I thought they did a good job with Bianca being able to get the W, not cutting her short. 
On top of that, I like Becky better as a face uh, because I love cheering for her more than I do rooting against her. So I'm happy that happened. And then getting Bailey back a top star uh, in WWE on the woman's side is never a bad thing. But that was a lot of talking. We're three minutes into the show. I have not let anybody else talk. Tampa Tones, take it away before I give it to Cleve because he put Go Yankees on his thing like he pretends he's going to be a Yankees fan once again uh, down the stretch. Welcome. Yeah, we got Fairweather Cleave, but how the hell are y'all doing? Uh, Tampa Tones back in the building. Y'all can get at me at Tampa Tones on Twitter and Instagram and the Bucketeers Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And Cleve's uh, self-proclaimed Yanks, I guess. I'm going to self-proclaim Padres. So now I'm uh, San Diego Tones in baseball, you know. No, I'm not a Fairweather jump ship like Cleve guy, you know, so. Uh, we'll see where LeBron goes and where Cleve goes, but we're here to talk wrestling, not about Cleveland uh, <laughs> sports fandoms that seem to sway like a boat at sea. But uh, I, I thought SummerSlam was a pretty good card in general. I, I think there were um, a lot more better moments than there were underwhelming moments. Um, I think there were only a handful of moments that you can pick that you can really complain about. And I think, the moments that excelled were uh, really to be uh, left desired, like Roman Reigns against Lesnar with the match. And, uh, you know, when he up, uprooted the ring, uh, that was pretty badass. Uh, a lot of people were wondering how that prop was going to be used when he was driving the tractor at first down there. And, uh, you know, at first he did a little underwhelming maneuver with it when he dropped Reigns just a couple feet onto the mat off of it. And everyone was like, oh, all that for that. Nope. Nope. Slow the hell down. He ended up turning it up a notch and pretty much destroying the damn ring for better or for worse. Um, If we don't see Lesnar for a while or if that's it for him, that was a hell of a way to go out. And then looking around at other moments of the card, I like that they're hyping up the U.S. championship. We all said that was a long time coming. We all said that needed to happen. And uh, Lashley is prideful with the championship. They were hyping it up on Raw last night. They had two triple threat matches with six good stars competing in those matches for a chance at the United States belt. It felt like they were setting it up for, you know, the universal title or the unified title, whatever the hell it's called nowadays. Um, But I I like that angle as well. And then a third moment... That I was disappointed in. This one will be disappointing. I agree with Cleve. The way The Miz um, continues to lose matches is not ideal. I get what they're trying to do with Logan Paul. Um, He is good in the ring. There are storylines to be created, but he doesn't really move the needle with fans. So I, I don't get why you would have him beat The Miz. All right, Cleve. Well, maybe you can answer my question on Becky and Bianca. Or not question, more of a comment. What's your letter grade? And give us some uh, why you think that on that match. Uh, yeah, I was kind of a little confused. Well, I'll get into that later. But the first match, I actually, that was a really good match. Um, I thought it was a really smart way to start off, especially with Bianca Belair being a hometown person from Nashville. So it was a great way to go. It was honestly probably one of the few matches that I did enjoy on the card. I will get more into that later. But I thought um, both women put on a phenomenal match. I think the the ending where they hit the Spanish fly into the KLD, I believe, her finisher in, was a really cool way to end the match, too. 
Um, Bailey showing up was somewhat of a surprise. I know Joe's been saying it for a while. You know, Bailey's coming back. I was wrong on a few, but finally it came through. You know, broke clock gets right twice, but you know. (laughs) But the other two women showing up with Bailey was really cool to see. Um, I know one of them, I didn't know the other one. I know they were both in NXT, but we know how much Triple H had his hand in NXT. So it's a nice way to introduce new stars and they get to work with Bailey who is a phenomenal wrestler. So I would honestly give that match an A. And honestly, I might give it an A plus knowing that Becky Lynch fought with a separated shoulder. That entire match just even add more to how much of a badass Becky Lynch is. Yeah, I'd give that an A as well. I forgot to give my grade, but that match deserves an A uh, for the most part. Not not much to write home about in a bad way for that one. And you can really tell they they're trying to build factions, which is another thing that we've said before that they should uh-huh. try to be doing, and now they're doing it. We do see AEW. It's a little funny to me that AEW does get their triple championship belts, and now WWE is a bunch of trios, right? So uh, wrestling is a copycat sport, but I do appreciate WWE doing what we've all requested and getting a lot of good factions going, and the Bailey one smack dab in the middle of them, and I think it's going to be a, a good one for a long time. Yeah, and you know the gifaction part. We you, we just got to talk about more extend a little bit because, uh, you know, our first major return and she's just not on her own. Could Bailey easily stand on her own? Of course, she's done it for years. But for her to try to bring up others and a release superstar coming back, uh, definitely you know a wide eye. And you know, a guy like Champa, who's from NXT, who Triple H love, he won one of those triple threat matches. Tones talked about. Uh, circle and batch. We'll go from the beginning to the end though, since Tones brought it up a little bit in one of his top moments, uh, Lesnar and rain. So we talked about the main woman's title. Uh, cause to me right now with who's involved in everything, the raw women's title is the main title right now on the woman's side and universal undisputed heavyweight, uh, champion WWE champ, Roman reigns and Brock Lesnar. I had a phenomenal fight. Uh, Tones talked about the lifted tractor. If you haven't seen it or heard about it, you probably under a rock, a rock if you're listening to a wrestling podcast. Uh, but look that up on YouTube if not. And just overall, we knew Brock, um, at least I felt the entire time, um, knowing that Brock was not going to lose this match. Um, it's good that they portrayed in a way where he's just still a beast. You know, they had him do a couple of badass things with the ring. They put, uh, he put through Paul Heyman through a table that he got covered up in a bunch of things after super kicks and finishers, like the table was thrown on him. Uh, Roman ended with the 10 count of standing on all the trash on top of Brock. Then Roman was on top of that. So I really thought for, you know, don't forget they had, this is a replacement uh, Brock Lesnar. They had injuries, but whether it's Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, uh, for the month they had to resurface the main event, very well done. Cleve, uh, hit the main event, and then we'll get to one of your uh, flaws that I'll be able to critique. Oh, the main event was fantastic. I enjoyed every bit of that main event. I called it the pay-per-view savior because before then, uh, some of the matches were just not as exciting as I thought they would be, but I think Roman and Brock put on a phenomenal match. Um uh, you can really see when Brock really wants to, when Brock really gives a damn about a match, he puts his all into it. And you can clearly see it from there why Brock is one of the greatest to step in the ring. Paul Heyman um, getting F5 through a table was something I don't think me, none of us saw, but it just adds to 
how important Paul Heyman character is. He would put his body on the line to make sure that Roman keeps the title. The Usos interfering. I know a lot of people complain about it, but let's be realistic. That's what a heel does. That's what factions do. Triple H did it back in the day. JBL, when he had his cabinet, they always had people help win matches. So you can't complain. Pick and choose about who you want and who you don't want. Theory part was really, it was sort of interesting too, because I was like kind of confused on why they would tease the theory. Because if you were to pin someone, was the match over or was it? I was like confused on that. But it was funny to see Theory get his ass beat. Even though I am a fan of Theory, it just seemed that they're just going out of their way to beat up on Theory. Um, I saw the part where Roman grabs the briefcase. And as he's walking past Theory, just hits theories with it and just goes back to beating up Brock. So that was just a funny part. But overall, that was an A-plus match. Um, it might be Brock's last match. Um, if it is, it was a great way to go out and a great win for the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be probably their uh, last match. Not, I mean, they could always change things up. They always do. Uh, but, you know, it was announced as their last match, and it w- ended on a fucking bang. Uh, people ranked a lot of their matches, and this was in many top threes. Uh, as They recovered from the main event in 2018 very nicely, I thought, and uh, which was a booed match back in the day. Uh, but, Cleve, why, why don't you go for it? And then, uh, you know, we've talked a couple of thumbs-up matches. Give us something you give it down. Uh, this is really hard to do because I really don't want to sound like a hater or anything like that. I give Logan Paul his props. He did put on a phenomenal match. But The Miz honestly looked like a chump in that match. I just felt that Miz, it just felt like The Miz uh, couldn't really hang with Logan Paul. Like Tony, like you know, Chapo helped Miz out. His wife got involved. Like Miz is too much of a great wrestler to need all this help to beat this newcomer guy, Logan Paul. And what really pissed me off about it was the fact that he lost his own finisher. The Miz's mm-hmm. own finisher beat him. How ridiculous is that? You wouldn't see John Cena losing to the FU. You wouldn't see The Rock losing to the Rock Bottom. Stone Cold losing to the Stunner. Let me add in something quick, please, then you go on. But The Miz's finisher, when The Miz does his finisher, it doesn't even finish people anymore. So then The Miz gets finished by it. That's hypocrisy. It's, it's, it's literally embarrassing. I saw this one comment on Twitter, and this was so true. If you just started watching wrestling today, you would have thought Logan Paul was the veteran and Miz was the rookie. They really did the Miz so bogus in, the, in that match. I just thought the Miz was like a chump, and I don't really know how Miz can come back from getting his ass whooped by a YouTuber guy like Logan Paul. Now, granted, he put on a phenomenal match, but the Miz should have it should have been even. Miz should have not got beat how he got beat. Okay, and here will be my rebuttal to that. Number one, it was good storytelling because if if unless you already forgot about WrestleMania, because Miz and Logan Paul got a W there, the finisher came on to Logan Paul at the very end and was successful in turning heel on Mr. Paul, uh, which was a shock to a lot of people as they were a great uh, tag team for the few matches they had together. So number one, that story came full circle with uh, the Skull Crusher finale ended up going there. Uh, and then number two, it was a great match. Uh, Logan Paul, he is not good on the mic yet. Um, that was clear as day in the last Raw Go Home episode. However, he's very good in the ring, and that he was very excited. He he was uh, pumped up. A lot of people are giving him good reaction on social media. Uh, so that part between his WrestleMania match and his uh, singles match now against The Miz, 
have been top notch to this point. Uh, now, did would I have minded if Miz won? Not at all. Uh, I think you could have really gone either way because both of them had uh, great matches. But I always just think, as a veteran of Miz's stature, um, he will recover just fine. At the end of the day, um, nobody, you know, is really gonna when he goes on and you know whether he goes for a U.S. title down line, IC title, whatever he might do, uh, you know, he's going to, nobody's going to care that he lost to Logan Paul. They're going to, you know, root for him to win, and he's going to move on just fine as he's a sustained character in the business. An interesting fact. You want to know Miz's WWE record in wrestling? I found it on Google. Go ahead. 435 wins and 945 losses. That's crazy. That's yeah, and I mean, there's there's probably a ton with under 500 records. That's probably why WWE doesn't keep track of those as much for unless you're a high card like Roman or Cena. But guys like, uh, I'm sure if you go back with guys like KO, Sami Zayn, uh, I could, can't think about Cesaro from when he was in WWE. I bet you a lot of guys actually have an under w, under 500 record. That's why I wish they would have adopted that from AEW and took it over there. Um, but getting back to my last thought on Paul, uh, just work on those mic skills because uh, I know you're not giving a shit or listening to this, but everything in the rain has been spot on so far. But to get the people really on your side, as Triple H said on the Logan Paul podcast today, you got to be a sports entertainer uh, and just it's not all about in ring. There's huge parts to it. Cleve, you gave us a down. How about, uh, not a down, but how about we talk about thoughts on uh, everything Edge related and his him finally coming back after all the vignettes and the couple month break with his uh, kayfabe injury to the Judgment Day? Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to be a down on this match too, but let's talk about a DQ match where you have to tag in and out. I thought that was the dumbest thing I've, I've seen in a long time in WWE. Um, but that uh, Edge really did kind of save that match, too, because I also thought that match, it was a good match, but I think the tag in and out for a DQ match was just not as a smart idea. But it's great to see Edge back. Um, I saw a report with Finn Balor uh, talk about how he missed out on Mania. He was really disappointed in that. And I know Clash at the Castle, they're, they're right there where Finn is from. So Finn wants a one-on-one match. So hopefully we can get a Finn Balor and Edge at Clash of the Castle, I think they would put on a phenomenal match. Um, don't really know the direction. Will Edge take back over Judgment Day? Oh, gonna- no, he says he's ending it. He said on Raw he's putting it to an end. Okay, so either way, I think Edge coming back is a great thing for Judgment Day because I know a lot of people thought they were getting stale when Rhea wasn't there. It was just um, Damian and Finn, but Edge back gives new meaning to it, especially with Triple H taking over. Hopefully at the Clash of Castle, like I said, we get an Edge and Finn Balor match. I think that will be a banger, to be honest. Tone's thoughts on Edge and the, that match? Yeah, I think Edge is going to put on a hell of a show. I think it was it's a good storyline so far, and I think I'm going to stay consistent in saying that Judgment Day won't be a long-lasting stable, so the Edge will put um, a, a, an end to that. But uh, I did think that... Um, you know, people mentioned that he looked sad last night. And, uh, Joe, you mentioned that some botch happened with the Mysterios where Ray thought Edge spared Dominic or whatnot. Well, a, a botch in terms of the sense that it was all in right. the storyline. Correct, correct. So, um, you know, that's an interesting 
that's an interesting aspect to see where they're going to go with that. I'll be because Ray Mysterio was hyping up Edge last night, mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, he's a great guy. He's known him for a long time. He feels like he got screwed, and then that happened. So, uh, we got a lot of interesting things to see and how they're going to shake out moving forward. But, um, yeah, I, I think that storyline should be good from this point on, and I don't see a long-lasting future for Judgment Day, however, once Edge gets done with him. Yeah, and that will be telling. Does that actually end their faction, or does it just you know move it along to another uh, storyline? That will be to be determined. A real quick quote I saw from Triple H right here. Uh, you know, as we talk about the pay-per-view and Raws, they kind of just both happen and mix together. Um, a quote exactly here on via impulsive, which is Logan, uh, podcast, of course, which he brought to, you know, similar to Ms. TV. He brought that over to raw for an episode. He goes, I feel like that's the gap people have. It's not about the moves of what we do. It's about what you do in between. It's the characters in the story. So, you know, that's him realizing, Hey, there's a lot of talent in the ring. I think every week they, we put on good matches. It's more about everything in the middle. And I really couldn't agree more with that as we do get a lot of shuffling and last second things that always seem to happen. And uh, we'll be bringing up some news in the damn report here in a, in a couple of minutes, but uh, off that quote, you know, tones, we'll start with you. Then we'll give it off to Cleve and then we'll bring in another guest here before the damn report. Uh, Is that what you think has to mostly change in the direction going forward? We've seen it a little bit to this point, but more about everything between instead of the matches themselves. Do you have any specifics in mind, or what are you thinking outside the match? No, I mean, simply Mike's skills, simply the uh, storyline. I mean, storyline and Mike's skills, the two other biggest things besides the in-ring skill. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with that, and I think we're going to see improvements moving forward on all fronts, honestly. So, um, yeah, I would tend to agree that those three things are going to continue to get better as uh, we move on. Cleve, your thoughts on him more focusing on everything besides the moves themselves. Now, I definitely agree because people need to understand just because you are good in the ring doesn't mean that this will really show what Triple H allowing everyone creative field. This will really show who's a superstar and who's a middle car guy, because at the end of the day, you have to be good on the mic. I always say ring and mic is 50 50 goes hand in hand. Now, for some guys, um, like Brock Lesnar was not really great on the mic, but he's a he's a guy that really doesn't need to do much talking. But, for example, Ricochet. Ricochet's phenomenal in the ring, but he's not really that great on the microphone. So that always will hold him back. The same thing with Cesaro, too. He wasn't the great – he wasn't the best cutting promo. So hopefully now with these guys get creative freedom, don't have to follow a script, we really get to see who's the star and then who's the middle-tier guy. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, just in views alone, people were interested to see the Triple H takeover last night as I sent it in the group chats and also retweeted it on Cleve and me. But just recapping, this Monday Night Raw, the first hour, drew over 2.4 million viewers, which was commercial-free. That was thanks to USA Network. And the the final number is 2.23. That's the highest viewership since March 16th, 2020, which was the first of the pandemic era. that's pretty telling and great stuff there. KC for uh, KC for uh, wow, wow, wow. I'm just gonna butcher everything today as we bring it. Uh, I guess here, how the heck we doing, man? 
Uh, I feel wrestling takes part. That's my apologies. Uh, I just I know I'm bringing it in the middle, but how, first off, how you doing? Hope you're doing safe, staying healthy. And then uh, your thoughts is I know you watched SummerSlam and the Triple H takeover to this point. Uh, first and foremost, fellas, thank you for inviting me back on. It's been a good minute. I'm doing well. Um, let me tell you something. We, we could be in a possibility of the next two years being the greatest wrestling era in our time if both products be great because Triple H ain't playing. That's all I'm going to say. He ain't playing. Hey, and, you know, coming from, you, you know, I know you've been very critical under the last few years, especially the Vince McMahon era. A lot of people have been. And a lot of people are feeling that rejuvenated Triple H, uh, you know, creative that he's going to be getting into. We've already seen it. Uh, you know, for example, Tones brought up Champa, uh, and he brought up the triple threat and him winning that. AJ Styles winning another triple threat. And how about we got the United States Championship backstory for a couple of minutes of, you know, people that won it uh, throughout the wrestling history, you know, showing how important it is to U.S. history. I feel like the U.S. not, I feel like I know the U.S. title and the IC title besides the past month have been overlooked a lot, especially being used on pay-per-views. And just to see qualifying matches in background story, uh, what they did exactly on Monday night. Uh, and I think with the IC title running through uh, Walter now, uh, which is an amazing uh, specimen, the shape he got into, I really think they're picking that up. And I think that brings your point of, hey, we're getting fresh blood in here. And maybe these next two years, like you said, uh, you know, we're, Triple H might take his digs now. You know, Vince never really did that. He was more of the uh, AWs to the side. You might see, you know, the way they do it, Jericho throws his jabs, CM Punk. You might see Triple H get involved in a little bit of that with the competition now as well. Oh, you know he will. It's, it's, it's a done deal. You know he's going to be doing whatever he got to do. But let me tell you something. Like I said, for somebody who would favor AEW, I'm going to be 1,000% with y'all. Eight, uh, all Out is about, what, a month away? Tony Khan got his hands full because – this last, especially this last week, I ain't really been feeling anything that AEW has done. Maybe like a few things, but what I've seen in SummerSlam, and I miss Raw. I heard Raw was pretty good, but SummerSlam, for me, I gave it a 7 out of 10. You know, I, I was pleased with what I saw. And really quickly here, because we've talked about um, a, pl- a decent amount of the matches now, uh, let me get your thoughts on, let, let, tell me one of your favorite matches or moments and then also a match we didn't talk about yet. Uh, give me your thoughts on, you know, it should what should be the end to the Usos and the Street Profits great rivalry for now. Um, uh, for me, like I said, the, the very first part. So at the Becky and um, Bianca, I forgot what part match it was. Soon as the match was done with um, Bailey, Io yep. Shirai, Dakota Cut coming out, that was excellent. I liked that. And it made me think, okay, the Raw Women's title picture just got serious. So I'm like, you know what? Now you got to pay more attention to what's going on. And then with the tag team title scene, I have no clue what they're about to do. I don't know because they didn't run through everybody now. So I don't know. But I know a lot of people is thinking that um, the Street Profits is about to break up. And I believe so. I think what Triple H is going to try to do, he's going to try to tell a story. He's going to try to prolong it. But you know, surely but sure, shortly but surely, one of them is going to break up. And I think it's going to be Dolphins because a lot of people think it's going to be Montez. I think it's going to be Dolphins. Because Montez is gonna be babyface going through because it seems like they really want to push Montez as the guy. So if he's gonna be the guy, you keep him as a babyface, and you have 
Dawkins be the one to actually say, you know what, this dude's been holding me back. Everybody be talking about Montez, the guy, and all this stuff, but you sitting up overlooking me. I'm just as good as he is, you know? And I could see that because, Tones, we were watching it last night during the commercial free hour. Uh, Montez and Seth Rollins had a singles match. They were supposed to do rock, paper, scissors for it, and Montez kind of just sprinted into the ring. Uh, so da- I definitely agree with you. Dawkins is def- uh, at some point will turn heel. As Montez, I mean, he just keeps growing uh, in terms of his muscle, and he, you know, he he puts on the big moves in the ring. Dawkins is really good too, uh, but Montez is just a little bit more crisp and better at these things than he is. Uh, Tones, your thoughts on uh, Montez Ford, and you know, if he starts to get a singles push. Uh, after we watched last night's match, Seth Rollins did win, which I think is smart because you don't need to push Montez too fast, uh, but a great match indeed. And then another match we didn't talk about uh, because we're going to get to the damn report soon. Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey from uh, SummerSlam. Give us your thoughts on that match and how, you know, we can't all forget there was the time when Ronda made Liv tap out. Referee didn't see it. Uh, then Ronda turned heel, which I think they should always do with Rousey is most of the time that's where her character leads your thoughts on those couple of stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think first off that, um, the, you know, they had a just, uh, Ronda live match a little bit from what I heard. So yep. they didn't have a huge time frame on that, but when you see to the eye, uh, Rhonda made her tap and then, you know, she got pinfall. It, it kind of adds the element of realism to wrestling a little bit. You know, it, it looks like the ref made a legitimate mistake and it, uh, you know, it, it adds a little bit of a, Hey, should I be feeling pissed off for Rousey? Because, you know, she did get the tap out or should I be happy for Liv? Cause she got the pinfall. So as a viewer, it definitely adds the element of, um, you know, good instincts. I feel like the good realism, it makes it feel more re- real and less stage because let's be honest, if Liv just pinned her right there and Ronda got pinned by Liv, uh, you know, in a roll-up, yada, 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 that doesn't look too good, right? But here Ronda makes her tap. The ref misses it. Um, adds a pretty cool element to it, in my opinion. Uh, so although they were hands tied behind the match, I'm going to say it now and continue to say it. I think uh, Liv is a fad. I don't think she'll have the belt for much longer. So um, I think that they're doing the most with her they can, but you could already tell the crowd – is not reacting like they once did with Liv. Um, so that's that. And then in terms of, um, sorry, I was into that one. What's the other one? We're Montez Ford. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we, we watched it together last night. And at one point it was funny because I believe it was, uh, you know, whoever got to the ring with the ref first, then the bell was going to ring. I thought it was going to end up with Ford and Dawkins at the, in the ring at the same time and the ref was going to be there and uh, those two were going to have a match against each other. So I thought that they were going to potentially turn. I hope the Street Profits stay together because I personally think the WWE needs to better their tag team division, um, needs to keep it beefed up in order to keep up with AEW's tag team division, and the Street Profits are one of the better tag teams in the game. However, uh, virtue signaling, it does seem that they are going to be splitting these two up. It seems like... They're on the road for maybe a little bit of a rivalry at first. And then Dawkins and Ford look to be on their way to singles. But I, I don't agree with that. I think you keep them as a tag team. They're a true legitimate tag team. You don't get much of those in the WWE anymore. That's going to change with Triple H, I'm sure. But uh, I, I would appreciate if they stayed together. 
Yeah, and with the Ronda Live one, because I know, Cleve, you're going to circle your attention there in about 30 seconds. I agree with you completely on the first part, not on the second. First, I think it was a great story to prolong that this is their second match now uh, where, you know, Ronda now has an argument getting one more opportunity and finishing off the trilogy. So I do like how they're getting creative there uh, and her turning more of a heel, just like I loved how they turned Becky face. I like how they turned Ronda more heel as Ronda to me is... Uh, you know, ever since she came to the company, besides her initial first couple months, uh, it doesn't get that crowd reaction to be a face. Uh, obviously, I love Liv. I, I think uh, it'd be uh, not, I don't want to say tragic. That's a strong word, but I don't think she should lose the belt anytime soon. I think, you know, uh, with the sales her puts up uh, with, you know, her song keeps moving. It's in the, been in the top five of the WWE playlist lately. I just think they should, yeah, capitalize on them as much as you can, but also don't just get the title off her and we go back to Rhonda and Charlotte. Um, I know some people like that. I, I just want the new blood, and I really like that. Liv Morgan finally got the opportunity. But, Cleve, give us your thoughts as it's been a couple, uh, more than a couple minutes of silence for yourself. All right, Joe. I'm really gonna. I don't know why you say. I don't know why you say it at me. I don't own any clothes. Actually, I own. Actually, I own Ronda Rousey clothing and not Liv Morgan. But for some reason, this is pointed at me. You're the only one that's tones really hasn't been rooting for Liv Morgan as diehard as you have. So it's time to rip it to. I've called her. I've said she's been overrated. (laughs) I'm sorry. She's underrated. No, please. I'm sorry to say this, but she looked way out of depth wrestling against Ronda. She looked like she had no business in the ring wrestling against Ronda Rousey. Now we all I'm not saying, you know, she she's still young, she still can improve, but there's been other wrestlers like Carmella when she wrestled Bianca Belair, right? Carmella's not that great in the ring, but she doesn't look like she doesn't belong in the ring with Bianca Belair. Liv Morgan looked like she had no business in the ring with Ronda Rousey. And I will argue with Tones that I think the finish made Ronda, I mean, Liv Morgan even look like a weaker champion because a roll-up would have just been a surprise, you know, oh, she won on accident. Nobody now, wants roll-ups. Nobody wants roll-ups. Yeah, but that's better than how the goofy ended looked. Liv no, you're you're wrong. You're dead she wrong. Look like a real champion. It's, it's like, come on, it's like a last minute. You complain? Game. We complain about all the time about roll-ups. Now you're going to say you want one here? Oh, In geez. this instance, yes. I'm sorry, Joe, but Liv Morgan just, she's she's a flash in a pan. She's uh, like when Ricochet won the Intercontinental Champion. We're all, woo, woo, woo. And then reality sits in and goes, well, you know, she's just not that good in the ring. And she's not you, li- you think she loses that Clash of Champions? We don't even know the opponent, but you I think she loses. I hope she does. I, I hate to be that type of person, but I think she still needs a few more years to get to that area. I just don't think she's that good in the ring. And honestly, if she wasn't so pretty, I think she would have not get pushed as hard as she gets pushed. That's just my opinion. She Ronda should have won. I'm sorry, that match was awful. awful. All right, KC4L, you got a you got a positive pretty much overall from me. Tones being down the middle, cleave on the opposite end. Where are you going to put your eggs in the basket on the whole live Ronda? Mostly talking about live situation. I'm gonna be a thousand percent. I thought Ronda won the match until I actually they played the clip back because when it when she was I saw it tapping. I said, okay, Ronda got the belt back, and then they said, still your SmackDown Women's Champion. I said, hold up, and then they showed it again. 
I said, oh, Ronda got screwed again. So basically, this whole deal about Ronda just been getting screwed yep. over and over. And I'm personally, I'm not even a fan of Ronda. I don't really like Ronda, but I think this heel route could help her out. And I don't know exactly. how I feel about it. What y'all think about Paul Heyman becoming her mouthpiece since Brock Lesnar might take a hiatus? You know, I, maybe he might become her mouth. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just throwing an idea out there. You know, maybe I, I've talked. Her. I've talked a lot, but I'll say really quick. I think it'd be a positive tones. What about you? I'm sorry, what was the question? If Paul Heyman became a mouthpiece for Ronda with Brock taking time yeah, off. I think Joey did talk about that before. Uh, you know, we've A few weeks back, we saw a little bit of rumors being discussed. I, I think that'd be good, you know, because Rousey and Heyman, and then eventually when that thing ends, I could see Rousey just, like, breaking his arm and him just rolling <laughs> around for, like, Man, when he was around. laying on the – he laid an hour on the ground at SummerSlam. I, I love Paul Heyman. He's a hell of a manager. He's one of the better actors uh, there are in the company. I know it's a sport, but I, there is acting, too. He's one of the better actors in the company, one of the better talents in the company. I think him and – Ronda Rousey would be phenomenal, and it'd give Ronda Rousey a little bit of a facelift. I, I personally like her. A lot of people don't, but, um, you know, that could change with the Paul Heyman-type character. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree. I, uh, I don't know if you guys remember when Brock first came around. He really couldn't cut a promo to save his life either, but he was such a badass. And that's just how Ronda is. Ronda gets on the mic, and he's like, ah, I might go make something to eat. Or, Let me go check on something else. But her matches are really good. <laughs> She's just awful on the mic. So I think Heyman would definitely help uh, with that. Look at Roman real quick. Roman was yep. horrible. My Roman sucked at promo. Now Roman doesn't even need Paul Heyman to talk anymore. All of Roman's words are believable. And that's from working with Paul Heyman. And look at Brock Lesnar. I mean, he needed Paul Heyman at one point. Cowboy Brock doesn't need a mouthpiece at all. I think to even forward your point more. All right, you should... Go ahead, so, go ahead. Yeah, so so the Liv Morgan thing, I like Liv Morgan. Um, I think it comes to the end and uh Clash of the Castle. I you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe she might retain, but I think it comes to the end. You know, that's just you know, that's just my take. And and you know, I will say this from a realistic standpoint. I could I could see it ending. Uh I, I don't want it to end. I could see it happening. Uh we had a short run with Biggie. Uh, when he was a champion, you know, more of these people that I'm not going to live. Morgan's not at the stage yet as a, you know, the four horse woman. Um, I, I thought other champions, uh, you know, that had shorter reigns, like a ricochet, even though his IC title or uh big E when he had the main title, they're all great runs. And I like all those characters, but there's a reason that it take, it took them a while to get to the very top. And I just think there's all things that could, people could work on. Now, Liv, could she be a little bit better in the ring? Yes, she can. Uh, I think her mic skills are pretty fine for the most part. She is a good-looking lady, but she's not a top-tier star yet. And usually when you have somebody who's kind of over – I don't want to say overstepping, but over – you know, did more than what people thought. Like the Daniel Bryan thing was the king of that statement, right? Nobody thought he'd get as huge as he was. And the Yes Movement literally took over WWE management in the way they did creative. But unless you get that big, it's hard to have the belt for a long time. So we'll see who she fights and when that all gets down to it. Um, I'm not going to say my brain's going to pick her, but my heart always will. Uh, But that being said, before we get into more chatter on everything WWE, is this is is a big time right now with the whole takeover from Triple H and Creative into Stephanie and Khan as 
co-CEOs. It is time for the damn report. Damn, that's brought to us by Mr. Tones. What's going to happen is, uh, uh, Casey, for all to catch you up on this, he's going to give us a lot of news and updates. And we each simply just pick one thing that we thought was interesting or wanted to elaborate more on after he gives us. But in further ado, Tones gives us your damn report. All right, today's damn report is hot and heavy. We'll get right into it. Waste no time in the damn report. Triple H appeared on Logan Paul's podcast, Impulsive, where he revealed his take on the legacy of Vince McMahon. We'll get into his take a little bit later. AW Live tomorrow night. Obviously, you have Jericho against Wheeler, Utah. Winner faces Mox for interim world title. Then Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. Undisputed Elite Return, Dumpster, Match, Gun Club versus Acclaimed, Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage, and so much more. Hobbs is going to speak as well. Brian Danielson says, I don't hate many things, but I hate filming reality television, which is interesting because he is a star on uh, The Bellas, The Life of the Bellas, or whatever their show is, and I guess he's one of the better characters. Top Indies star to challenge John Moxley for GCW World Championship. So, you know, uh, a guy like Moxley competes in a lot of events. He is putting his title up on the line against Effie in the GCW Championship match. That is EFFY. AEW reportedly files trademark for unique new TV series, folks. So, AEW is coming out with the new show soon. Whether it's a reality show or a TV show or a pay-per-view, we'll see. But AW is putting a name, a trademark for the name All Elite Woman, uh, which makes it seem like it'll be a show around women in some sort of capacity. Damian Priest comments on possible on possible Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul match. So uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Now you have WWE comment uh, talent commenting on Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny perhaps down the road. Uh, Impact Wrestling is advertising their show live in Chicago, August 12th. And the biggest thing about this is when you don't know where the show is being held, the stadium is Cicero Stadium. We <laughs> tell you who plays there. So um, not a good sign. Do they even have seats? They, they might have 10, maybe 20. Uh, we'll see where they pack them in. Um, it might be, uh, they might have to pay you to go to the show, but we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll try and get more on that venue and where that's held, but, uh, don't hold your breath. Rumors of Brock Lesnar retirement, likely not accurate. There's been rumors, uh, swirling that Brock Lesnar allegedly gave a wave to the crowd after his SummerSlam match, virtue signaling his retirement wrestling resources says not so fast. That's up for debate. So will we see Brock Lesnar again or not? That's a hot topic. Becky Lynch says she held two titles better than Roman Reigns because she, quote, unquote, showed up to work. Roman Reigns is barking, saying he holds two titles better. Becky says not so fast. Renee Moxley's wife is in contract negotiations with AEW, so we'll see that. And AEW star gives credit to Triple H and says that he is head over heels for him. Daniel Garcia had those comments to make about the game. Triple H. Major names rumored to be returning to Monday Night Raw next Monday. That is Sasha Banks and Naomi. Uh, This report just came out from Wrestling Resources about an hour ago. 
So we will see if that holds true. Tony Storm appears on Fitness Girls cover magazine. So Tony Storm floating in more places than wrestling. She is on a magazine. The first official WWE Raw episode of the Triple H era drew 2,230,000 viewers. That's the highest viewership since March 16th. 2020, which was the first episode of the pandemic era, which is lovely stuff. Kevin Owens misses another WWE event in Texas, and two rumors are fueling. Is this setting up something between him and Cody Rhodes and take deep dives into the Texas storyline, or is there something going on with Kevin Owens? Brock Lesnar's SummerSlam tractor stunt was reportedly rougher and harder than planned. I don't know how that can be rougher and harder than planned because when you're destroying a ring with the tractor, that type of stuff is going to happen. And last but not least, we said we'd come back to Triple H's words on Vince McMahon's legacy. According to the Wrestling Observer, Triple H says Vince McMahon took wrestling from little thing in bars to global sensation around the world. He sure damn did, Triple H. That is today's damn report. As much and as always, a lot of information to seek in there from multiple companies. Damn, and yes, it is. Uh, the one thing I want to bring to the surface quickly and then cleave and then uh, round out with KC4L, we'll go that way. I'm going to say this. Sasha and Naomi, if they come back that fast right away next week, wow. What a game changer. I mean, I think it's a game changer to have Triple H no matter what. We've already seen it um, in some ways. But if you get Sasha and Naomi back this quickly, whether it's one or two weeks, not really uh, worried about the exact time frame, but that is quick, and that is a bold statement of how much, uh, you know, people want to open back up. There's been plenty of other wrestlers. Uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, Cleve, I think it was the Canellises who wanted to get back. I mean, they're at the low end of the totem pole. They'll worry about the bigger fish first, but man, if Sasha and Naomi come back, that is a huge statement um, and a huge lift to the women's division, which doesn't need it on raw, but I think on SmackDown, they could use a little boost is when both of those left uh, and made things a little bit harder to come by uh, as they move on there. But that's the one thing I really take out of it is wow. Uh, on the quickness there, Cleve, what do you got? Uh, uh. <laughs> There's a couple. Uh, well, the AEW, I guess what they're, you said they were making like a woman's show or something, Charles. I remember we sort of talked about that a while back, the possibility of WWE doing that. They do I that with woman kind of on E. It's a show on E where all the wrestling, I don't know if it's ran through WWE, but all the women. Right. There's like five, six, seven, or eight of them that were on. And, and it could be that type of show. It could be a pay-per-view. It could be its own show. You never know. But, yes, it's called All Elite Women. Well, if they're doing it like how Total Divas was, then that'd be pretty interesting. I will. I, I'm not ashamed to admit Total Divas is a pretty nice watch, honestly. It's pretty cool to see. <laughs> but if they're doing a weekly women's wrestling show, then I'm, I'm going to say the same thing I said about WWE. I just don't think you would get enough people interested every week to tune into it. Maybe the first week, maybe the first few weeks, but then I think a lot of people just be like, eh, it's just, you know, not to be that type of person, but I just don't see it happening like that. Yeah, and hey, well, to be determined, we'll see when it all comes down to it. Uh, one other quick thing from you, Mr. Casey, for all, what do you got out of all the things that were shared in the damn report? What, what would you, uh, what would you pick out there that you want to comment on? 
There's a lot to talk about. I mean, there is a lot to talk about. Even if you give us a couple, go for it, my man. The floor is yours. The piggyback off this uh, Sasha and Naomi situation, I would tell you this. I was just going to wait till I hear they popped up on TV. I ain't saying nothing. Because Cass was tweeting at me like, oh, they're going back. I'm not saying nothing. Until they pop back on TV, that's when I'll make my official statement. I've been hearing all kinds of stuff about them. Matter of fact, they're supposed to be pulling up out this way. I think this weekend, they're supposed to be having like a, a meet and greet and an uh, autograph signing. It's supposed to be some place out here in Chicago where they're going to be taking place at. I don't know. And they're going under their real names, Trinity and Mercedes. So In I Chicago, huh? Yeah, yeah. They're going to be out this way. So uh, I don't know. Like I said, but I know they both of them. Because first it was just Sasha. And then this past weekend, it said uh, Trinity joins. I said, well, okay. So we'll see. And I know people are going to be asking, like, what about this news about y'all going back to WWE? I know people are going to have their phones out. They're going to be asking them all kinds of stuff. Oh, you know? yeah. So we're probably, and more than likely, somebody's going to post something on uh, Twitter about it. You know? you know it. You already know it. Yeah. And then the second thing, to piggyback off that all elite women stuff, I have no clue what that is. I don't know. I have, because I, I heard something about that a while back too, but I'm not really sure what they're going to try to do with that. But the one thing about AEW, they got a lot of work they got to do. A lot. Because, like I said, all out is around the corner. We got like, what, a month to get everybody invested? Because that's the name of the game with me. You got a pay per view coming up. The name of the game is you want to get people to buy your pay per view. Just don't sell the pay per view based on what type of match you have. Get people invested. That's the name of the game. Get them invested. You get cats invested. Now we're going to be like, all right, I'm interested in watching All Out. You know, I'm interested in tuning in to Rampage. I'm interested in tuning in to Dynamite. And that's what Triple H decided to do with Raw, from what I was told. Because, like I said, I was out working. So I got back in, and everybody told me. And I said, okay, that's good. That's a fresh start. That's what you want to do. On the car, he, got his, he got his hands full, you know, and I'm rooting for him. Because, like I said, I want wrestling to be good regardless. I don't care what company it is. Because when you got to. When when both companies are doing well, that's when you know you got a healthy yes. wrestling uh, program or whatever you want to call it. But the only problem is you know you got the tribalism in the IWC because so many people just want one company to fail. They want one company to thrive, the other company to fail. I'm like, forget all that stuff. It's about both companies uh, thriving together. Uh-huh. And we as the wrestling fans, we the ones that be happy at the end because we got more wrestling to talk about. We got more wrestling to watch, more wrestling to cover. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah, company drives uh I mean competition drives success in a lot of things in life, not just only in wrestling. And I totally agree. If we want to see, you know, the numbers get up and stay up for all for WWE and AEW, I think, you know, some interaction, yes, but you know, it's all about the storylines. It's all about, you know, introducing new faces. You can't keep relying on old school is sometimes uh, more du- at WWE, but both companies uh, do it. At, for example, you know, you brought up AEW, and I know you're, you, you put your reviews out. You've been uh, critical on them. We talked about Jericho stepping into the picture last week. On you know, there's plenty of people in the locker room. I love Chris Jericho, but there's plenty of the people in the locker room, and we all probably do. But we could have used for that. Now we're going to have Moxley and Jericho go for the title again. Uh, you know, what is your thought on that heading into All Out? Do you? I think that actually might be in a couple of weeks. It's, yeah, it's uh, next week. Not this week. It's next week. Because you said it was two weeks from last week. Because I thought that's what I thought the picture. I said, I know we ain't doing this again. And they said, no, it's called Quick. I forgot. What Tony Khan likes to do, he likes to have these pay-per-view-themed pay- 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 television episodes. 
So that's basically what it is. It's every like, episode has a name. I, I was fine with it at first, but to me, he get, he's every episode is a name. I feel like <laughs> it, it feels like that sometimes. Because I, like. I said this, I said if you got a big name for for your TV show, or whatever, you gotta you know present it as if that's gonna be it. Because you talk about all this. Because I, I I'm in a group chat where there's a lot of people that's they favor AEW more. So they be like, oh, this show is super stacked. I say, just because it's super stacked, that don't mean nothing. When it when you present it on television and it comes off as mediocre, I'm like, okay, you just had a super stacked show for what? It's a waste of time. It's about how you got there. Because when you you look at Lesnar and Reigns, they've had plenty of great matches when it comes down to storylines, and they've had plenty of bad matches because mm-hmm. of the lead up to it. It's all for true wrestling fans like us, it's about that build up. That's it. That is yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I do love uh, you know. I, I love Dynamite and NXT and Rampage, but uh, specifically AEW's Wednesday show and NXT, I feel like they are always trying to overhype the shows almost in those two. And, you know, like you said, give them titles. NXT not as much as AEW, but NXT does it too here and there with the titles. Just let it roll, man. We're all here to watch a show as is. Um, it's not a pay-per-view. We know what we're getting into when we tune in on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday night. And we're just happy that wrestling's on. So like mm-hmm. you said, let it let it roll naturally. I'm a big NXT guy. I'm a big Wednesday night AEW guy. But those two shows, more than not, I feel like uh, try and push the envelope a little bit with explosions and, cra- you know, in terms of crazy matches and storylines. And, you know, we're all here for a reason, and that's to watch wrestling. You don't necessarily need that fancy titles all the time. We all know the days and the times of the show. I, I think we can all agree there. We're not watching for the title. Cleve, you have a comment? Well, oh, uh, we I realized we didn't talk about every match on the card. Oh, we have we have what we have my guy to go. I'm gonna bring yeah, bring it up. The making sure we didn't because you know I got you know we'll just hit it hit it right now. Um, man, another kudos to Mr. Pat McAfee is every time that guy uh, gets involved in a storyline. First, we had. Uh, you know, his storyline with Theory at Mania, which was a success. They also brought in Stone Cold and Vince McMahon to make uh, even more of it. And now he fights Happy Corbin uh, and, you know, puts him into place yet. You know, McAfee's not going to – I could see the next one being at, like, Rumble or Mania against uh, Corey Graves. You're not going to see him all the time in the ring, but, you know, the fans love uh, his mic skills, which obviously would have shown everything he's already great at. Uh, but he's one of those guys that are just truly loved as a face, no matter uh, what story they seem to put him into. Uh, his introduction, now he actually has his own. They just didn't have to buy a very expensive song. Uh, from Seven Nation Army, he now has his own entrance. The only thing I will say they didn't—they uh, could have probably done uh, without the choir. They had like thirty people there saying "Happy uh, uh, Bomb Ass oh, Corbin." Well, yeah, Bomb A Corbin. Well, yeah, Bomb Ass Corbin. But uh, Corbin's a great heel. Uh, McAfee, his last move to get McAfee up and under from the top rope and into a pin was phenomenal. Uh, even he admitted that you, you know he goes, "Hey." And because he's he just speaks his mind and doesn't want not a big controversy guy. The only time it happens is when he has Aaron Rodgers on his show. It seems like that controversy happens. But to get back to it, he said, you know, look, I underestimated the heat a little bit, which is he he's always used to being inside. And I think wrestlers, especially at a young age, take this for take this for granted. Uh, it, it said it was hotter than he thought. Things were getting a little tighter, but in he all his training was inside. Uh, and he said that put a few, you know, uh, negative thoughts in his head to, you know, start the match. 
but he fought through it. Uh, if somebody gave him credit on Twitter and said, man, McAfee made, he did a, his swanton beanie, he calls it, off the top rope. He stumbled a little bit before it. And people are like, man, what an acting job by him. He's like, no, that was completely me. He's like, I, I, I slipped a little bit, caught myself, and was able to finish out the move in a great fashion. I would have never caught him, to be honest with you. I'm sorry to cut you off. but I, No, no, I, not at all. Yeah, I, I really didn't miss because I was so watching the match that I really wasn't paying attention to him missing or messing up that little spot. I didn't really see it. And I, and I respect that he just says it straight up. You know, a lot of people will have excuses or say this and that, but he just says his straight up feel. And, you know, when he wins, the fans, I think the fans, I don't think I know this from the crowd reaction at SummerSlam, Pat McAfee is the top three reaction of the show. Uh, the fans just go absolutely insane when he's it gets in the ring. He goes to the rope. They're, they're chanting Pat. They're chanting McAfee. Uh, it doesn't have to be the longest match in the world, but they, uh, Corbin is a good help piece as well, and I just thought it was a good storyline. Uh, Cleve, you wanted me to bring it up, though. I'll give you the floor on the match itself. Uh, I'm sorry. It just This performance wasn't as great as his Mania performance. and I said Hard to live up to the Mania performance. It is. It is, but also you mentioned the swine time spot. I really thought that that was, even though he fixed himself, if you saw how he did it, I mean, that was just a horrible, that was almost horrible landing. He almost went head first into the ground. Like, I just really felt the same thing I said. Oh, for the, when he pinned him, you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, he cut that one close, but it is, he did a full flip in the air with Corbin under him, which is not easy. But, yes, you're right. It did cut close. And I did, and I would say the same thing I said about the Miz, well, complaining with the Miz match early. I think that Baron Corbin needed this win more than Pat McAfee. McAfee, every match he shows up, he shouldn't get an automatic win because of <sighs> who he is. Baron Corbin hasn't had a real victory. And how, when was the last time we seen Baron Corbin actually come out of a big main event, I mean, a big feud on top? Like, Corbin is not bad in the ring. He's actually really good on the mic. He's a really cool finisher. Agreed. <laughs> just present him as a loser every time in every big feud that he's been in. And I really think that he should have won over Pat McAfee in this. McAfee didn't need to win in honesty, because what is he going to do? Go right back to the announcer table. Corbin he is. being a wrestler, so I just thought Corbin should have got that win over McAfee. Tones, your thoughts? I can see where Cleve's coming from a little bit on Baron Corbin's behalf, but he ain't nearly uh, the wrestler The Miz is either, and he hasn't been in the industry nearly as long as The Miz has either. And at the end of the day, at least McAfee is under, uh, you know, has been under WWE contract for quite some time now. So I do agree in the sense that I would like to see Baron Corbin, uh, you know, perhaps become a little more victorious and whatnot. And I was, I'm still a Corbin guy. I was once a lot more of a Corbin guy, but um, I, I've kind of just accepted the fact that sadly, you know, he's going to be one of these guys who just loses a bunch and, um, you know, he, he's going to put guys over, you know, his storylines have been great, right? He helps put Madcap Moss over and in a storyline where to me, he was really cool. Uh, Baron Corbin, it was kind of a funny, cool gimmick. And uh, now McAfee, uh, you know, in the, Corbin storyline that was cool. Two ex Colts guys going at it a little bit. So I think Corbin's more of a unique aspect in terms of how they're using him. I think uh, you're you're totally right, Cleve. On the surface, it seems like he's taken all these losses and whatnot. And uh, you know, you could compare him to the Miz. That's fine. But at, at the same token, 
you could almost call, uh, you know, Corbin in a good spot because he's in a lot of involved storylines where guys guys on Corbin's level perhaps don't even get a lot of airtime necessarily like a Baron Corbin does. So uh, I see both sides of the card. The match in totality was uh, pretty good in my opinion. Obviously, you know, McAfee can't live up to his original NXT match hype or his mania hype, but he still put on a good show. And, uh, you know, let's be honest with ourselves. Wrestling is a game of inches. Damn near half these moves, every tombstone back in the day was just inches away from paralyzation. So um, every single time that a lot of these guys do their finishers or high leverage moves, you're, you're going to cut it close. Uh, McAfee might have had one little mishap and cut it a little closer than need to be. But uh, sadly, that's name of the game in wrestling. A lot of these moves and a lot of these performances are, um, you know, dangerous. That's why, you know, kids don't try this at home. <laughs> we all know the DVD intro. Bodies <laughs> have been hurt. How have you fallen off a 20-foot ladder? Trainers, EMTs, referees down from all the good old DVDs back in the day. Oh, God. As they say, don't try this at home. And, uh, and what we that- do, try it at home. Yeah. <laughs> what do we do? We set up <laughs> You get a little bit of um, – Drink in me. I will be trying a lot of wrestling moves that I will be very bad, bad looking uh, doing them. Uh, but let's give overall reviews. Uh, I know Casey Farrell Wrestling Takes gave 7 out of 10. I gave an 8.5, I believe, out of 10. I posted up. Tones and Cleave, uh, eat your numbers. And we'll round out with, uh, you know, we'll go do some closeouts here as we get to the end of the show. Uh, I know this is going to be really hard to hear, but I gave it a 6 out of 10. With no two problem. of them going to Roman and Brock, they got the they moved it up from a 4 out of 10 to 6 out of 10. Literally, like the ring? Moved it? No, not feeling it. Tampa Tones. <laughs> I'm giving a 7.5 or 8 out of 10. I think it was a good show, a B, a B-plus show. Um, You know, I think there's a lot of good things that – came out of it i think there's a couple things they could work on at the same time but overall in terms of the uh way the direction that the wwe has been going lately uh, i think SummerSlam has proved why um it, it is going in a better spot uh without vinnie mack he's done great for all those years but he was a little out of touch for seeing the the new touch with triple h Marcel put a bow on everything for us in this SummerSlam pay-per-view, as I know you gave it a 7 out of 10, which is a good score uh, for yourself, all things considering when it comes to WWE pay-per-views, I believe. Well, Triple H was inherited this McMahon's uh, book because this already booked the show already. That's Correct, had, like, correct. Majority of the show was pretty much, you could say it was WrestleMania Night 3. Most of the matches was previous matches from WrestleMania. Correct. So he just basically had to take what he gave him and try to make it feel a little different, which he tried. But, you know, like I said, it is what it is. But overall, like I said, I was cool with it, you know. Like I said, I really care about all the rematches and whatnot. But like I said, that, you know, with Brock lifting the ring with the uh, with the tractor and then Paul Haney getting F5 through the table, that, I was going <laughs> to listen. I was on the floor crying laughing when I saw that. I said, you served him right because he deserved to get beat down. Talking all that foolishness, talking about all oh, his here, you the new champion. Here, take both belts. I, we're done. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. And like I said, with Billy and them coming through, I was cool with that. So, you know, that, like I said, that's why I finished with a 7 out of 10. Clash of Champions is the true mark for Triple H, right? Sure you know, is, we get absolutely. some time. We get a month for it to unfold. 
uh, everything goes down. You know, it's interesting. You said I was telling this to Tones last night. Marcel, I'll start with you, and we'll go around. I thought I didn't. I thought we could still fight for one title here and there. I don't understand why. I could see why Roman and Brock fighted for both titles. It made sense with the circumstances given, but I just don't get why they don't have Drew McIntyre fight for the Universal Title. And then, you know, eventually he can go around and fight for another. Because my argument is this. You have them together. They're always pretty much on SmackDown. Roman will show up once every couple months to Raw, uh, which which is nice to do. But, you know, we want to see both titles in action. And that way, if Roman loses, he loses one belt, still gets to hold one. I don't get why, you know, they have to keep doing the, both titles at the same time. I would prefer if Drew and Roman was just for the... Universal title at Clash of Champions. Joe, I couldn't agree a thousand percent more with you. Man. You, you, you hit the nail on the coffin. That's what I thought. I thought it was just going. Drew was only going to challenge for one, but apparently he challenged it for both. And then we know what's the thing going to try to cash in Austin Theory because I believe that's where they're going. He's going to try to cash in as soon as the match is over. I don't know if he's going to be successful or not, but I feel like he's going to try to cash in on. Him. But like I said, yeah, I wish they could do that so that we can break it up. One title on SmackDown, right. one title on Raw, and then we can go from there. You know, but I, I have no clue what Triple H is about to do, to be honest with you. I kind of hope Theory just keeps trying to break in matches and fails until, like, the year ends and he keeps holding on to it. But anyways, Cleveland tones on the, you know, the two titles always being presented um, right now. I do agree it is sort of weird that they're making both be defended at the same time because only way I think, only thing that would make sense for that to keep happening is if they get rid of the brands and just make it one whole show instead of, you know, different you know like um you know how it used to be just one show instead of two different brands so that would be the only thing that would make sense but i think my reason would be there's no way in hell you're gonna have roman reigns have two matches there's no way in hell you can have roman have two matches on the same card trying to no 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 it would be it would be it would switch off pay-per-views i never implied for it to be this I'm, I'm just saying you could have a fight for the universal this time and then pay-per-view extreme rules the next one then you have the raw title on the, I, I you don't have to, never on the same card i wouldn't do that either okay. yeah then i definitely agree with that but i would see i do think roman is going to drop one of them soon i think the one he will is the universal champion because he hasn't held that one the longest and i think it's good to have two separate champions. I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. I've been talking about it since he came back. But it is, uh, I, I would be a hypocrite if I don't complain about one guy holding both main belts and wrestling when he feels like it. Because as great as Roman character is, we do need two separate champions to have make brand extinction uh, reasonable. Like it makes sense to have two separate champions. So hopefully, Clash at the Castle, not Clash of Champions, Joe, Clash at the Castle. Drew McIntyre wins one of them. Roman keeps the other one. Well, wins. you know, you you just you just made me come back with a line you fixed up on. Thank you for bringing that up from the text. Our text group, I said Clash of Champions. But I already told you that they're fighting for both, so you don't even get the option at choosing one since you didn't listen. And number two, there has been a fight on the same show before. Daniel Bryan's done it, and it's been fantastic. So if you're saying Roman Reigns can't do it, how could your best person in all of the business not be able to fight on two well, shows? Daniel so, Bryan character was never like how Roman character is right now. Uh, no, no, we're talking about one thing. You're saying Roman can never fight for two belts. Yes, he could. He, could, no, he, he easily. Could, but I don't think Roman will do that, though. That's like I, I don't think he oh. like will. If you want, if you want to own both, you should be able to do it anytime, any place, anywhere. And they're fighting for both at Clash, uh, at Clash at the Castle. 
blah, 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 clash at the castle, which is not what I would prefer, but to each their own tones to close it out. And uh, then we'll go closing statements. Yeah, I, I think they should be separate as well, fellas. I think that each brand uh, should have their own respective title. Um, you know, there, there are interesting scenarios and storylines where unification is a good thing. But with Roman being part-time right now especially, it puts, you know, a lot of title opportunities and storylines for people on hiatus. So um, at, le- at least try and pry one of those off him and uh i agree on the theory part i hope he tries to cash in continuously and uh it's a dragged on storyline where he holds on to the money in the bank for quite some time as well and uh i'm i gotta get going so i'm gonna just give my head out now please do as i wiggle out of here kc4l wrestling it's always a great time brother i'm glad uh we were able to catch up a little bit man appreciate you and your takes mr cleave uh, Fairweather fan, my friend. Uh, <laughs> Yankees today, White Sox last year, Cubs four years ago. Who the hell knows who it is tomorrow? But, hey, we're counting down to Tampa, Dallas, my friend. We're going to have you on the pod for that one, you best bet. Joey, as always, a great time. And just to the three of you, great discussions. Be on the lookout for Bucketeers Live tomorrow night with Killa Huncho and his live takes from training camp. He'll be joining the show on that. And then – uh. Yeah, just follow us at Bucketeers, Bucketeers Pod and everything. I'm not going to run through all the damn Apple Spotify stuff. <laughs> just, just type it in and you'll be able to find it. B-U-C-C-A-T-E-E-R-S, baby. Anyways, fellas, stay blessed. Love all of you. Have a great night. Thank you, Mr. Tampatones. And as always, it is great to get your input and for joining us. Uh, Cleve, it, for people that can't see it, uh, Cleve has his thing is go Yankees. Of course, the best team in baseball. It must be nice to be able to root for him. That's what Tones was uh, coming at him for a little bit there. But Cleve, you know, give us, wrap it up. Uh, everyone knows about our show at Cleve and me always getting at us. I want to give Marcel to give a couple minutes what he's going to be doing next and where the people could get at him. Uh, but give us a, you know, a little wrap up on SummerSlam going forward in a clash of Clash at the Castle and uh, a little goodbye. Well, I'll just say uh, I watched Raw yesterday. I thought it was probably the best Raw that they had in a long time. What was really cool, I don't think we got a chance to even touch on it. What was really cool was usually when they do a commercial mid-match, they um, you don't see the match anymore. Usually, you know, they kind of mess the flow of it. But yesterday I noticed they had a commercial on one side and a match on the other side. AEW is so, really yeah, good at pitch, doing that. Pitch, pitch, I call it pitch by pitch. Yep, yep. I think that is a great way to keep you interested. Even though you can't hear the commentary anymore, you're still eager on the match. You're like, you know what, I don't want to miss this match. But, you know, because honestly, these commercials are so dumb nowadays. And the commercials are, you know, it's so dumb. So be able to see That's- the match and a commercial was just a really plus. I am really looking forward to the era of Triple H. I saw a hint of a business, Hurt Business 2.0. As you guys know, I love the Hurt Business when it first came around, and I really hope they get that back going. But I'm just really – we are in a new era of wrestling. The PG crap is gone. Vince is gone. Triple H is in. And I want to just say my final goodbyes is go Cowboys. Go Yankees, go LeBrons, and oh my God, that is sickening. Where's where's my garbage can to puke that crap out? Oh my goodness, I I haven't even ate dinner yet. You're gonna do me like that? Oh my 
done this. My God, the damn Cleve. No, uh, is Cleve still with us? But give it a <laughs> and uh, hey, Marcel, I, you know I know you're cracking up, but uh, we gotta get we gotta get you back, Amor. I would love to get your takes more on the show, especially the AEW side of things. Next week we're gonna be talking a lot more AEW. This is one of the few shows that we couldn't bring them up much just because of everything that's transpired yeah, from Vince right to now, so. a yeah. lot of, which hey like you mentioned earlier with competition I'll also say the more chatter the better I mean Vince McMahon when he got let go was a national storyline it so wasn't cool. just a wrestling storyline Triple H exactly and Triple H is a figure who's you know he's on ESPN a, a lot a lot of people know him from back in the day these are stories that are not just hitting the surface. They're reaching public attention, which for better or for worse, they seem to be headed in the right direction. But good publicity, bad publicity, people are talking wrestling. That's it. That's the name of the game. That's what you want. You want people where, to talk about. people follow you at? And what's, what's going to be coming up for you late next in the wrestling world, my man? I don't do the day of. You always expect me to come through. If anybody want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Beats to Blessings. So look up KCFL on Twitter, and aka Marcel at Beats to Blessing on Twitter. And then, like I said, my YouTube channel is KCFL Wrestling Takes. Normally, like I said, I do a review every Wednesday. And like I said, sometimes I don't get right back on a Friday. But like I said, a lot of times, like I said, I drop one either that Saturday. But like I said, as of late, if Raw and SmackDown continues to be good, I might start back reviewing Raw and SmackDown, but it'll just be extremely late because I don't be home with both shows be on. I used to come in like after both shows are gone off. So I have to re-watch it on DVR. And see or you could on. give your takes right here with us. <laughs> yeah, we'll come through on you all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just for the people, again, on Twitter, it's at Beats. To blessing, B E T B E A T S to blessing. Yes. So you could follow him there uh, along with that on YouTube, as he always is giving great contact. And hey, we all know it. We've been moving, we're working. Life hits us. We can't be perfect with our days. You know, if this was if, if like busted open radio every day, or Pat Mac, if everyone has their time slots, they're making money. We got to work around our busy life. So we don't know how that goes. We can't. We would love to give you guys content all the time, twenty four seven. But A, we're not getting paid, and B, we got to get paid. So that creates a little bit of an issue there. Uh, we always were. That's, that's called growth because we all grow in our channels. The more the more people come through, the more your channels grow. Because, like I said, my channel Amen. just shot up. I'm close to 200 subscribers now. So I'm like, I'll just keep pushing. Hey, man. Hey. That's great to hear, man. I'm happy for you with that because, uh, you know, Cleve and I, we talk about it many of times going in the past, but we started this during the pandemic just to talk wrestling. And that's the main reason we still do the show. You know, we finally get to sit in a room and talk wrestling with people and always get to bring new, exciting guys sound like yourself. So we really appreciate your time. And no uh, Thank you for having me on. And I hope you could join us again. And within, the, you know what? I, I would hope, right? Maybe you can get on our prediction show for if it could work out for the uh, Clash at the Castle. And we could get your next thoughts on how things have progressed here over the month. Does that sound that, good? That weekend is going to be very busy because not only that's coming on, but all that is coming on right after. Ooh. So it's a whole. It is. It's Are you thinking much. about going to any days? Oh, uh, I'm not going to be able to make it. Nope, I'm not. Because uh, are you going all out? I'm not going to all out because I have a fantasy football draft that day. Okay. I do want to try to get to Dynamite or Rampage, but it's going to be to be determined. Mm-hmm. 
because all I sold out. It's they said all I sold out in only six minutes. I said, Well, that's Chicago for you. People and if you try to buy a second ticket now, good luck with the pricing. Absolutely. <laughs> but hey, uh, Cleveland, before we get out of here, I know you gave your goodbyes, but uh, in terms of going forward now with where we got things, what are you most excited for coming this Friday on SmackDown? Uh, are you, you know, are you interested to see what they do with Walter and the IC? Are you interested to see where Liv Ronda goes? Are you interested to see Roman and Drew? You know, link up head to head. What 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 are you looking forward to on SmackDown? Oh, the IC title. Um, I know we touched on the United States Champion earlier. How they did the whole backstory and build it up, which I thought was really cool to see. Hopefully, Friday the same thing where we get the video of it. Somebody narrating talking about the importance of the Intercontinental Champion. We see some of the legends that used to hold it. Um, I saw Eddie Guerrero was in the video with the United States Champion. He also held the Intercontinental Champion. So. I'm really pumped to see the main tier titles be built up back to how important they used to be. And hopefully the tag team titles, too. We get a little video about that also. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the Intercontinental Champion being built back up to his prestige title. And lastly, Marcel, I know with AEW right now, you're disappointed in the build up to All Out. But give us one match or storyline that you would you sh- you want to tell the fans to keep an eye on that you think has some good stay power here coming in. Right now, uh, I'm very interested in Christian the Jungle Boy situation, and that's because of Luchasaurus. Because right now, we don't know what side he's on. We don't know if he's a heel or babyface. So it's like you really want to stay tuned to what's going on with that situation. And then, um, I'm like I said, I'm I'm kind of you know like I said because. For me, when it comes to the women, the most important title right now is the TBS title. That's the most, it's not even the main AEW women's title because I, I don't know what Tony Khan is doing with Thunder Rose. Like, I wish he would put more effort into Thunder Rose's situation, but he just feels like he just got her out there just wrestling the people that we don't even know. And then it's like, oh, we, she went over to, to Japan, lost to her. So therefore, she got a, a title match. That's like some Vince McMahon type of stuff, uh, a number one contendership title match, but you got to beat the champion. And if you beat the champion, Therefore, you get a match. I'm like, I don't like that. To me, that's just stupid. And, and so, I could, I could not believe he called uh, Christian a pussy. Not to cut you off though, but yeah. that was all. That was that was great. Jungle Boy getting better on the mic. He is getting a thousand. I listen. Christian did what he was supposed to do. His job was to get Jungle Boy to where he is right now, and we just we didn't really start it yet. So, like I said, I'm very interested in that. Uh, the, the the tag team title scene is all over the place right now. Um, with what, what, what the situation, even the, T, the uh, TNT title, that 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 situation is like because it felt like it was hot with the MJF situation when he put him over, and then now I feel like Warlord's just like just doing it. So I'm oh, like, Tony Khan got his hands full. Like we got a whole month, we got a whole month to get to all out. So like I said I'm gonna be paying close attention to everything, and you know me, I always come on oh, the podcast yeah. and I give it up. I I be as real as I can. I don't sugarcoat for nothing. Like I said, hey. I'm, I'm a hardcore AEW here, but I tell you, when they when they doing something good, I tell you they're doing good. When they doing some bogus, I tell you they doing bogus stuff, you know. And hey, there you had it, folks. I mean, we broke down everything from SummerSlam mainly, a little bit uh, talking about Raw, talking Vince McMahon, talking Triple H. We talked to AEW even a little bit. We have taken you over an hour. I really appreciate your guys' time again. But, man, we want to keep it real and keep the content coming. So keep watching wrestling. This is a great time for it. You even got Cesaro 
uh, now known as Claudio, obviously holding the ROH title. So good things all around the sport of wrestling. Impact also in Chicago, Tone said, August 12th and 13th in Cicero, which none of us have any idea what kind of arena that will be. So uh, I'll be, I'll be, well, I'll be tuned in to see what that's all about. But for Cleve, Marcel, this is me. God bless. Good night. Stay safe and continue to watch pro wrestling at its finest. All right.